peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. Welcome back to another episode of the Softly Performance Podcast. I am Brooke West, Softly's lead registered dietitian nutritionist and queen of all things nutrition nerd here at HQ. And I am joined by one of my favorite people today, back for, I guess, our third episode, right? It is. Clarissa Cusin, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back. It's always good to be in your presence. Yes, I love it. And um, for those of you who have not listened to our previous episodes, um, Clarissa is a integrative and functional medicine health coach and also a meditation instructor. And so many other things. That really doesn't, doesn't do it justice. So what are we talking about today? Tell the listeners. I think we want to talk about performance as it relates to gut health and gut health as it relates to human performance. We got so many questions after our last series, and I I encourage you to go back and listen. Um, We talked a lot about hormones. We talked a lot about gut health. I was super excited when we got that message about feedback about someone who had those light bulbs go off and changed a lot of their gut health for the better. That was so cool. It was so inspiring. And they were truly like on it. They went and did all this research on their own and then just ran with it and got great results. That was the piece that really touched me. It was like she heard this information, it resonated, and she didn't stop. She did started digging and digging until she got what she needed and transformed her gut. It's huge. And ultimately, I hope that that's what these conversations we have spark for someone else to to think of something, do some more research and find the journey for them back to getting their health on track. And this topic of gut health has become kind of trendy, I think, which is good and bad. It's shedding light on the fact that it's important, but it's also opening this door to a lot of misinformation out there and kind of clickbaity articles where people think if they eat kimchi, they're automatically going to have the greatest gut ever, (laughs) right? And it's not necessarily how it works. So today we're going to kind of unpack some of that and the connection between gut health and human performance and kind of this like athletic piece of the puzzle. I think it's super important. And I think that for many people, especially athletes, it's easy to forget, right, that their gut flora plays such a major role in their overall health and um, how a healthy gut can have an impact on athletic performance. And Learning to understand and learning the direct impact of that for athletes is super important. And understanding that gut health not only influences digestion, but it influences immunity and nutrition absorption and recovery. So like those are things right here at Softly that are super like that's the, the gospel, right? Absolutely. So I think that you have all these people that are subscribing and getting the benefits of your workouts and your magnificent uh, meal plan and meal prep program. And I don't think they really understand like how much um, has been put into really crafting that and creating that for overall um, gut health, right? right? And that's super important. It's super valuable what you're giving to your, to your audience. We were having the conversation via 
the t- Softly team room the other day talking about calories, mm-hmm. like this debate of calories in, calories out, like every calorie is created equal, is it not? And there are two different houses and depending on the health professionals you talk to, some people really are like, calories, calorie. I'm more of, it's it's a way way more complicated issue than that. Not all calories are created equal. And those food choices you make should be keeping in mind your ultimate goal. Everyone hopefully should want a healthy gut flora and you can absolutely alter specific foods then to be tailored to your needs. And so we're going to dive into, I know some of that later, but something you mentioned I want to touch on is how gut health is related to immunity and inflammatory markers. We've talked about this kind of on previous episodes about leaky gut and what happens and that immune response. But do you want to kind of touch on a little more like where that occurs, I guess? Like what what is leaky gut? Run down real quick. Absolutely. So intestinal permeability, leaky gut, aka leaky gut, is when your your gut lining, your gut, the tight junctions are they're not tight anymore. There's space there, and we don't want a lot of space there because then it lets things get through that the body then feels that it's under attack from, which then creates creates that immune response. So we always want to have tight junctions, right, which should be able and do based on what we're eating daily. They move, they expand, and they contract, but the goal is to get them always to come back tight. Right. And so... You know, as that relates to human performance, most people are training so much, right, that the gut can't keep up, that gut lining cannot keep up with that process of the tightening again, which is why we see so many athletes with intestinal permeability. Yeah, I feel like you hear about it most in endurance athletes, runners, and it's almost like a joke among runners, but it's actually a direct indicator that something is off mm-hmm. and that you're not allowing your gut that o- essentially it's, isn't it kind of a response to overtraining in some ways? Absolutely. So the same thing can happen to someone who's just burning it down with two a days and their body is not truly conditioned and, and ready to handle that. And so the same kind of thing will happen in endurance sports. So if anything, that should be an indicator that you need to rethink something in your training schedule or work your way back up because that's going to be crucial if your immune system is lowered and you're not recovering properly in the gut. It's like this ripple effect to everything else. Then comes the the psychic piece of, right, the going down the rabbit hole of why aren't I getting better? Why aren't I getting stronger? Why are my gains not bigger? Right. And then that creates, right, this mind fuck for yeah. a lot of people. And it all, you just trail it all the way back to, right, the gut and that response that's happening. It's funny when people email me, which I encourage, you know, everyone on the program to do and to utilize uh, me as a resource. They'll say something and then I'll have like this novel response of a million questions. Well, how are you sleeping? What's your nutrition timing Mm. like? What is this? Because it's so much, it's really complicated as far as to why you're not seeing you know, those athletic performance gains that you want to. And you can't ignore those things. Right. Absolutely. Right. People want sometimes, I think, to ignore it. Be like, no, it doesn't matter that I stay up till, you know, one o'clock in the morning, midnight. I'm only getting six hours of sleep. I'm notorious for that. Right. (laughs) And you've got to look at the flip side. Okay, that's fine. But then what are you, how are you expecting your body to respond to that? And I've noticed this weird thing as trying to align your life to make sure that you're 
you know, really ultimately whatever your goals are, whether that's, you know, professional, personal relationships in order to elevate those experiences, everything needs to be in line. But then the more I get everything in line health wise, I recognize my body's reaction. It's almost like a more violent reaction when I'm not in line as I don't know how to describe it. It is very hard to describe until you actually walk through it. Because I used to do this stuff all the time. Oh, I can stay up all night and I can eat a Big Mac after working out and I'm fine. But now if I'm trying to just stay up a little late, my body's like, no. Because you, you know, you spoiled it. You gave it what it needs. And now it's like, no, no, no. I know you've now I know you've been able to give this to me. Keep giving it to me. Yeah. So those cues are are really crucial, I think, is understanding them. And especially they're going to be even more in your face as time goes on and you start to get everything in order. Absolutely. And, you know, I think an important thing to talk about is how a healthy gut has no problem diverting energy right into the body. But if you have an unhealthy gut, where is that energy and how is it being diverted into the body so that it can be used to get you to where you're trying to go. And if your gut's unhealthy, that's not going to happen. So I'm sure you hear from many people, like, I'm doing everything right, question, you know, right? What's, what's your definition of right? And why am I not, you know, getting further than I think I should be? Yeah. And again, it's back to the basics. You know, you know, I love to talk about the basics, right? Hydration, sleep, breath work, how much training are you doing? What are you doing to recover? Which doesn't have to always, recovery doesn't have to be passive. It can be active, but it has to be passively active. Like a light movement. What would you consider an active recovery? A hike in the woods. Right. Right. Would you consider yoga an active recovery? Depends on the type. Okay. Right. I wouldn't consider something like Bikram or which is like a hot yoga or like a power flow or even Ashtanga, right? Those are pretty tough, right? Right, And even though some people will look at those and say, those don't look tough, right? The response that the body um, is being forced to give in those practices, they are tough. So hiking, um, doing myofascial release, those sorts of things. That's awesome. You're talking about unhealthy gut diverting energy makes me think also we should highlight an unhealthy gut. You're going to see malabsorbed nutrients. And as an active individual, you need those micronutrients. So if your body is not healthy and it's not getting everything it needs for a variety of reasons, this could be you're not eating enough fiber. It's not take that food's not going to sit in the gut long enough to roll through and let the body pull what it needs from this, this food and this fuel. It could, it could be all kinds of things, the damaged gut lining. But if you're not getting all these micronutrients from your food too, that's going to be end up being a huge issue. Well, and to me, it's like a no-brainer. I'm going to go through all this work to get all this good food. And then I'm going to prep it, right? Then I'm gonna sp- I have to spend the money to source it. But then I'm not going to get the full benefit and reward from all that work, Right, because I'm not willing to look at, okay, how do I really create the perfect ecosystem for myself to get me to where I'm trying to go? I love that term because we really are an ecosystem. Yeah. The whole body. Totally an ecosystem. And then you think about how much money people are spending on supplementation, right? You can't out, you can't over out supplement your way. 
into right. where you're trying, right? Supplementation is to be used for a purpose. But if the body can't even absorb it and use it, well, then you might as well just take that money and flush it down the toilet. Absolutely. And I, I think that's a really good point is a lot of the times you should be supplementing, especially for these micronutrients and things, these should be short-term solutions to get you back on track so that your body's grabbing what it needs and, and helping that balance those deficiencies in another way. It's not a long-term solution. I feel like it's really common. People want to be like, well, okay, so I want a healthy gut. What supplements do I take? Uh, it's not that easy. You, you really need to go to a functional medicine <laughs> you know, facility, talk to a, a doctor or someone that really believes in these practices and do, it was so funny when I went in for my blood work, it was like 11 vials of blood, <laughs> right? You go to like a normal doctor, it's like, okay, here's our two. All right, your glucose looks good. Have a nice life. No, there's so <laughs> many other things that are involved. And so you need to go actually do the work. It's it's an investment in yourself and then decide where should I be supplementing? What's going on? Because most likely that'll also tell you something. Why is this deficient? If I'm always eating this and I'm always doing this, this doesn't make sense. Exactly. And it'll help you get to the bottom of these root causes and problem solve really what's happening. Absolutely. And I do. I'm not um, a person that doesn't think supplementation is important. I do think it's important. But like you said, for specific reasons, for specific amounts of time, and then we want to get the body to do what it should be doing on its own, right. right? If it's put in the right environment. And ultimately, we individually have that control, which I love, right? How I put and what I do for myself is not dependent or should not be dependent on anyone else but me and the choices and decisions that I'm making. It doesn't make a good like men's health article to say you should probably seek appropriate medical care and then tailor your supplement <laughs> regimen, right? Like everyone wants the, oh, I click this, I buy this, I have ultimate health at my fingertips. And yeah, that's just it's a big not, lie. not how it works. Um, but we're here to unpack some of the nitty gritty of what you can do to help with your gut and athletic performance. We are. And I think we should talk about um, kind of the process of what's happening, especially when we're talking as it relates to gut health and performance athletes. So we can talk about like when inflammation occurs in the body, right? A stressed immune system will struggle to strengthening that area. So the chances for injury start to increase if we keep reusing the same muscles but aren't able to repair them at the same rate. That's like, such a good point. Huge, right? Because the inflammatory response is necessary. It's a necessary part of the body. So if we're falsely kind of triggering it as a result of an unhealthy gut, we're diverting that attention away from what parts of the body that need it for recovery. Right. The job that's supposed to be happening. Mm -hmm. We're constantly distracting it. Right. It can't do what it needs to do. So then, you know, digestion is slowed stopped or sped up depending on our system and blood flow and body heat are moved away from our digestive organs during training and you know that won't necessarily resume properly after training is finished if our gut health is less than ideal right, right. another That's a very big, good point right and if we have poor digestion nutrients from food and supplements they're not going to be properly processed used or stored like we were talking about like yeah like this is translation a you think you're slamming a protein shake right after you finish your Metcon is the solution to health. And you, again, you're probably going to stress the system more, waste your money, 
because your body is not even ready to process it. No. And, you know, what a disgrace. <laughs> I look at like your products. They're great. People can get a lot of benefit. Look at how Doug is transforming himself. I love to watch him online because I'm like, I think he loves to watch himself. He so. does. <laughs> I, I get so much joy out of watching Doug online. And but he is showing right through his own human experiment that your programming works, your supplementation works, but all these other pieces need to be in alignment right? And you can get these results. So yes, right? Sign up, get the meal plan, get the supplements, but also do all the other things that it's going to take for all those products that have been curated perfectly right? to actually actually let them do their job. Right. You still have to do the work at you the end of the day. You got to do the work. We're just here to give you tools and coach you through it. But you got to do the work. Which I love, right? There's so many companies out there that, you know, they're just feeding the next bullshit line. Mm -hmm. Take this and it's going to do this for you and do this and it's going to do that for you. And as their airbrusher comes in, right? And you guys don't do that here. You tell people the truth and you tell them you got to work. This is hard work. No one's airbrush Doug's abs, contrary to popular <laughs> belief. God, I know Doug is deeply disappointed. I'm sure he'd love to have them oh, airbrushed. God. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Poor Kim. So, but it's true. And I love that about what you guys do here, that um, you give a lot of great tools and you give many solutions, but you also don't shy away from the truth, which is we only can help you so much, right? Nobody's coming to save you. You got to do the work and you'll get the same results. Yeah, Doug and I started doing this video series, um, Idiot vs. Expert, which is so I saw so that. And so I love ways. the detox. So funny. We did another one um, today about low-carb myths. Oh, I can't wait to those. see it. But every single video, I come to these extremely rational solutions that don't involve like a magic silver bullet and quick solutions. And he's like, damn it. And I'm like, this is why this is why everyone hates science evidence-based practitioners. And I don't have like a, a two billion dollar industry like magic marketing right. plan like the diet industry. It's just I'm here to tell you that it's all bullshit pretty much. <laughs> it's so true. Somebody's gotta be the light worker, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> so So then, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Like if all this stuff is happening, we as performance-based athletes who are, you know, going into the grind day in after day out, the physical goals that are being set, right, when they're not being met, our confidence and mood, like, is totally shot to hell. So the thing that you're doing to make yourself feel better, look better, last longer, be healthy, right, it, it can backfire on you and drive you into this mental twist of, well, gosh, What's wrong with me? This isn't working. I'm broke. You know, all these these negative thoughts and emotions. That's a really good point. I think that's a huge piece of adherence to programs too. So if you if you don't get sometimes this immediate glamorous result, it's hard for people to want to stick for the long term. But some of this stuff you really need to. I think you need to, and I think it depends where you are, you know, in your path. And I think that it's always really valuable um, to have someone to check in with just one-on-one, -on -one, even if it's once every two months or once a month. It doesn't have to be a lot. But, you know, if someone hired you to say, hey, I need to check in with you as my coach to really kind of dissect a little bit of this every six or eight weeks, um, 
I think it helps alleviate those dips, those highs and those lows. It helps to start to steady things out, which to me makes a lot more sense of I'm doing all this work. So I don't want to, you know, in two weeks, hit my head against the wall and then totally give up and then have to start all over. How many times do you see people do that? Yeah. Right. And then I think that's then it's even sometimes more harm than good to have these ups and downs. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily healthy either. And certain things you will automatically feel different. So a lot of this gut health stuff we're talking about, people will think, oh, well, that feeling like this is normal. <laughs> it's it's not normal. And if a lot of the times if you change your food quality and certain foods and started listening to that immediate feedback you're getting and do some problem solving, I recommend keeping a food diary. If you're someone who's so experiencing whether constipation, diarrhea, upset stomach, nausea or associating with eating whatever that is start keeping a food diary at this time i ate this this is how i felt at this time and then even after about a week you should be able to have kind of the puzzle pieces to solve and by switching your food quality the gut is very resilient you will start to get kind of some immediately relief relief absolutely absolutely and i think you could even dumb it down more than that because um i think you could even tell people only write down when you're right, like you have constipation or you have diarrhea right. or your stomach hurts. Just write down what you ate the meal before too from there. Or if you wake up and you have joint pain. Right. Right. And you feel like, oh, I just I, I can't dinner. move quite as fluidly as I'm used to. Right. Track it back. Just go back to the last day or so. And if um, you're eating like a, a diff- different bunch of different foods, it might take you a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of simple with, the, with what I yeah, do. Yeah, me too. Like this morning, Patty was like, what are you eating? I was like, just sweet potatoes, eggs, and avocado. It's my jam every morning. Delicious. So it's easier if you're doing something like that. It might be a little harder if you've got like this big elaborate dish, but you should still be able to get problem solved, that puzzle pretty quickly. And I have to be honest, if you're following your meal plan, it's going to be super easy to track it. And it's going to really give you more of an indication of maybe a food sensitivity and the level of intestinal permeability you have because everything on your meal plan is very healthy. Yep. Right. So we know that it's not coming from processed packaged crap. It's actually coming from what happens to a lot of people. They're like, but I eat healthy. That doesn't mean that you can't be having a negative response to something healthy if your gut flora is not able to handle it and your intestinal permeability and those junctions are really loose. Such a good point. So like I myself have gluten intolerance and on the meal plan, there are a lot of good whole grains that or gluten grains. There's nothing wrong with them if someone wants to eat them. And if you have a food intolerance and you're someone listening and you're struggling with making substitutions, always email me, brookatsoftly.com. I want to be here as a resource to help. And I know how frustrating that can be. But you can do easy substitutions. Absolutely. Like they make really good brown rice pastas and all these other things so that you can still tailor fit these things to make sure it's in line with your sensitivities. And I recently did a food sensitivity testing and found out like oats and tapioca. Love me some cassava flour stuff. So I was really, those would be considered healthy foods, Absolutely. right? Healthy whole grains, something that does not agree with my body that I now have to eliminate. Cause I'm, I was the same way. Like I eat really healthy. I went to school for this, right? I should know what I'm doing. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily matter. It's, it's kind of how your body is responding and what's going on in your gut flora and those tight junctions and how you're responding. 
Well, and I love that you bring up like, I should know this, right? You do know it. That doesn't mean that, right? This isn't happening right now. Yeah. And it also, the thing that I love about food sensitivities is for many people, they're not food allergies. This is happening because of the leaky gut, the intestinal permeability. And it'll change. It will change. You got to go in there and heal it, get it to where it needs to be. And it might take a little time, but eventually we'll reintroduce, test it out, see how your body reacts and see if it's time, right? And I also think your point of all these great substitutions out there, there are, we're in a time, a time space where there is like the substitution for everything out there. And I also think it's wrapping your, allowing yourself to be open enough and willing to step out of the comfort zone and say, I'm going to test this out and, you know, it might not be, right, my favorite bowl of gluten pasta, but there is a replacement. Absolutely. And um, it can be a little overwhelming sometimes, too. But just turn it over, start reading the ingredients, and you'll get familiar with it. Absolutely. So I think we should talk about prebiotic foods. Let's do it. Those are super important. So I'm going to go through... Um, well, I feel like let's explain yeah. what is a prebiotic versus a probiotic, that whole relationship. So the prebiotic is what we want that starts actually the whole process of getting feeding your probiotics, feeding your bugs. It's the food that you put in the gut that your own bugs, right? We have trillions of them right in there that get to feed off of, which we want them to do that because we want them to multiply, which creates a healthier... These are the good guys. Yep. We're, we're feeding the good guys. Feed the good guys. We don't want to feed SIBO, but <laughs> we feed the good guys. And so prebiotic foods are high in special types of fiber, right, that support your digestive health. They um, will promote and increase the friendly bacteria, right? And the beautiful thing that people always like to hear about prebiotic foods is that they've shown to improve metabolic health and even help prevent certain diseases. And so some of these are altered when you're cooking. So try and get as much prebiotic food in a raw state. Um, let's see. So chicory, which you know, I can't say myself, I eat a lot of chicory. What is chicory? Chicory is an herb. I was going to say, I feel like right, I've like seen a it root or seasonings and yep. like barbecues or something maybe. And, exactly. And so you can drink like a chicory tea and things like that. So that would be helpful if you wanted to do a little chicory, onions, leeks, asparagus, garlic, oats, apples, barley, bananas, cacao, burdock Ooh, root. I can, which, get on, I can get a bar with that. Yeah. Flax seeds. Super easy to work with. Um, yacon root, which a lot of times you'll see used as a sweetener, an alternative. Um, I'd had that for the first time in Puerto Rico. It was life-changing. Yeah. So good. Jicama. What right? is that? So jicama is a very white-colored uh, veggie fruit, and it's round. It's like really round, and it's got a brown outer layer. And then you peel it off and it's super white and fibrous inside. And so a lot of times you'll see jicama pre-cut in the produce section already packaged in water. And oh. so you can eat that cold, but you can also heat it up, like make jicama fries 
I'm gonna have to try this. Oh, they're delicious. I have to look for this. What local grocery stores can you find that in? I used to find it in like Kroger, Harris Teeter. Okay. Yeah. All right. And they're usually pre-cut in those stores. Whole Foods will carry like just the whole or any Asian market. You can find just the whole route. I feel like sometimes those are, that's an intimidating way to try a food. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. So that's cool that you can find it in a grocery store and yeah. a more easy form to work with. And it's super yummy, especially this time of year because they've got a lot of water in them. So when it's hot out, they're really refreshing. Put a little like cayenne on them, a little lime juice. And how do you say that? What it's called? Jicama. All right, jicama. Super delicious. Seaweed. So, you know, we all know the benefits of seaweed, but it's a prebiotic. And something else that while we're talking about prebiotics and moving into this direction that I think is super important for people is understanding, you know, that bile, that gastric flow, right? And a lot of times when we see people with intestinal permeability, that bile flow is non-existent or super low which is creating some of the intestinal permeability. Mm -hmm. So using things like bitters before you eat to help create some of that bile, which is just going to help make the whole process easier for the gut to do what it needs to do. That's amazing. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So bitters are great. You can buy them online. Garden of Life makes an awesome brand. Whole Foods carries them in uh, their whole body section. You can find them on Amazon. Super easy. Yeah, I've been doing the pure encapsulations digestive enzymes Stuff since like- after my own testing realized some of my enzymes were low that was probably contributing to this. Absolutely. You know, They're using the issues. ones with a little bit of gastric acid in them. Yep. Yep. That's a, that's a nice one because you can take two kind of supplements in one where a lot of people when they want to test to see, you can always test to see where your gastric acid is. We could probably put that up in the notes for people. Yeah. So we how do you teach do them that? how to do that? So you take gastric acid and you start to dose yourself with a protein meal. And so you want to dose yourself to the point of discomfort and then you back up one and that's your dose. Oh. So a lot of people, right, they'll do one. Few, let me take that. I take that back. Few people can do like one or two, right? And so we know, okay, you're producing enough gastric acid. Many times people get up to like, I'm at five or six and I'm not feeling anything. You're like, yeah, we got a problem. Okay, well, see, I played with that. I did two and I can feel it almost like a little heartburn or yeah, something going on. Yeah. So it's like, I don't need to. I just do one. Exactly. Which is a good sign that I'm on the right track it's is to perfect. getting everything else in line. Yep. Yep. That's really cool. Super awesome. And then, you know, things that also help with bile flow. So apple cider vinegar. How easy is that? Just put some in some water. You can shoot it if you want. I just added in some water with like lemon, little liquid. Have you ever tried those coconut liquid probiotics? No. Oh, they're so good. So they're in a glass bottle. I think it's called Eco is the company. And... um. They make different flavors of them, but basically it's a liquid form of probiotic. And so I'll like, I'm so addicted to this stuff. I'll put like some ice cubes in my container in the morning. I'll put like a quarter of a cup of that, some fresh lemon juice, and then fill it with water. And that's how I'll start my day. That's awesome. It makes your belly feel so good. So that's kind of the idea is that it's going to get those gastric juices and everything flowing. And that's awesome. Yeah. And it's just, you know continuing to layer some probiotic in there Mm -hmm. for you um so manuka honey is great 
to use, uh, foods high in zinc, right? I'm sure you use plenty of that on your meal plan. Mm -hmm. A hot ginger tea with meals. So a lot of people drink a lot of cold drinks when they're eating. That actually suppresses your bowel flow. So anytime you eat, doing something, either not drinking anything at all or doing something warm, like the ginger tea. Wow. Yeah, that's super helpful. Um, umbashi plums. Have you seen those? Those little purple plums. They're Asian. And they come like in a little glass jar. You can find, I found them at Whole Foods, but I usually go to the Asian market and buy them. I have not. And just like put those on your plate as a little kind of accompaniment. And yeah. just, those are really helpful. So, you know, there's lots of things that are not, none of those things are super expensive. Probably the most expensive thing is the Manuka honey. Yeah. Well, and that's going to be way more affordable than you choosing to do a supplement route. So this is Absolutely. something Great you can point. incorporate into your routine to help with your digestion. That's not, you know, a $60 bottle of supplements that you might may or may not need. Very true. I love and, that. you know, we love food as medicine. So Absolutely. first, you know, do as much as you can with the food. And then whatever you need to supplement with in a supplement, you know, a capsule form or liquid form, go for it. But the goal is to use food truly, right? Because that's what our gut, we need something in there to, for the, the bacteria to chew on and to repopulate. And we want, you know, and we're talking about all the good things we can do, but you can also, right, create the other response where you're putting in lots of crap and you're regenerating less and less good bugs and more and more bad bugs. Because isn't there such a thing as too much of a good thing? Absolutely. When it comes to, you can throw off your microbiome trying to do the right thing and you're actually overkilling. It's all about a balance. We already touched on it. It's an ecosystem. That's Bacteria, right. fungi, virus, everything you can think of is going on down there. That's right. It's really and I mean, a great point is like yeast, right? Mm -hmm. Yeast in our belly is not terrible. It's not a bad thing. We need a little yeast in there. But when we overdo and have yeast overgrowth, right, by eating a lot of processed refined food, then that becomes a problem. And that yeah. has an effect on, you know, the whole the way the whole body reacts. Yeah, huge. Um, that was a huge learning experience when I realized hormonal birth control mm. and the yeast overgrowth connection. You learned so much from I going so down that much. path for yourself. I'm it's just huge. using myself as a case study now. It's so great. <laughs> well, and you've shared it with so many people and people are actually like listening and getting something from that experience. So, you know, we were talking about before the show started, resistant starch. Yes. Right? And how I love and I notice all the time when I'm looking at your recipes or what you're posting online you use a lot of resistant starch. Can you define resistant starch for the listeners? Yes, yes, yes. So resistant starch, it's a type of starch that isn't fully broken down and absorbed, but it's turned into a short chain fatty acid by your intestinal bacteria, right? So another reason we want lots of those good guys in there to do the work that it needs to do with all this good stuff you're putting in. And so lots of great health benefits come from this and, right, in order to get the most from resistant starch, you want to choose whole unprocessed sources of carbs, right? Not all carbs are bad. Didn't you just do something on just this? Just mm -hmm. a schooling Doug in a video on this topic. This is so great. So much fluidity here. So fruits, vegetables, beans, legumes, right? And what makes a resistant starch resistant? So all starches are comprised of two types of polysaccharides, amylase and amylopectin. 
And amylpectin is highly branched, so it leaves more surface area for digestion. And so it's broken down quickly, which means it produces a larger rise in blood sugar, glucose. And those would be more refined carbohydrates, like our white bread, our pastries, our straight sugary things. Absolutely. And those obviously rise insulin. We don't want that. And so amylase is a straight chain, and that limits the amount of surface area exposed for digestion. And so this is great, right? This is where that resistant starch is. And foods high in amylase are digested more slowly, so your body has time to actually work on them longer for more sustained energy, right? So you're not starving, which is why you eat a bunch of crap and like 30 minutes later, you're like, I'm starving, Mm -hmm. right? And so, of course, they're less likely to spike your blood glucose insulin. And so resistant starch is named resistant starch because it resists digestion, So as it's resisting, it's exercising in there basically is how I look at it, right? In the resistance, it's creating more work for the bacteria to do and to get stronger and bigger. I love that way of looking at it. Through the digestion process. Yeah. So when you use lots of these things, so resistant starches, uh, brown rice, purple rice, red rice. One of my favorites is black rice, forbidden rice, uh, basmati Mung beans, green beans, uh, kidneys, black, fava, navy, red beans. All the beans and legumes. Yep. So good. So good for your gut health. Uh, Millet, sorghum, buckwheat, amaranth, steel cut oats, lentils. Love some lentils. Me too. Garbanzos. Love garbanzo. Quinoa, jicama, cassava, which is tapioca basically. Yams. And roasted potatoes and plantains, our favorite. I'm on a plantain kick too. (laughs) And green bananas. So like that green banana powder that people use, will use. Have you seen that stuff? I have not. So it's, I've seen this with athletes using it where it's like um, green bananas that have been broken down into like a protein powder consistency and then you can add it to a shake. So you could probably add some of that to like your your powder and um, get some really good benefits. People uh, always ask, is there a difference between during the ripeness of a banana? And there is. There is. Resistance. There absolutely is. And and they, they'll taste different. There's a reason they taste sweeter when they're really ripe. And it changes the way that it's digested. So that's kind of a fun fact about bananas. Absolutely. One of the tricks. And so we use resistant starch. Not only for digestion at Carolina Total Wellness, where I work, but we use it when we're talking with people with HPA, hypothalamus, pituitary axis, um, basically your stress response, right? So when that's off and we are in, you know, a deficit here, a lot of times the cortisol starts being out of whack, it's rising at the wrong time. And so we want to create more flow, more balance. So we'll... Ask people to eat or make sure like they're eating some resistant starch in the morning when they're waking up and right before they go to bed. And so one of the things that I always encourage people to do because it's super easy is fry up some plantains, put them in the fridge, and then you can have some of those like one or two, pop them in your mouth before you go to bed. And they're sweet like a dessert. They're fabulous. little cinnamon on them. Mm -hmm. Yummy. Same thing with sweet potatoes. You know, you can make those totally savory or sweet. 
So super simple. I do like a savory sweet potato for breakfast. With some ghee on it. Have you ever had it with ghee on it? I'll have to try that. I've been doing delicious little avocado oil um, with a mixture of garlic powder, cumin, minced onion. Oh, Toss in it and then putting it in the air fryer. Ooh. I know. I'm going to put that in my air fryer this weekend. That's my like new sweet potato go-to prep. It sounds delicious. But that's my way to start with some uh, good starches in the morning. Beautiful. So what's your opinion or do you even have one on this idea of trying to supplement prebiotics and probiotics? Because that's like a trendy new supplement. So I think that for some people when they are in the early stages of healing, it can help. The goal is to get the body into a place where it's doing all of this on its own and it's using food as medicine to do it. So I believe that using like probiotics for a certain amount of time based on what your issue is, is totally fine. But I believe a dependence on probiotics, then, right, we're missing the mark of, okay, wait, this is, we're just translating, oh, this is a, you know, a non-pharmaceutical supplement, right, but that I'm going to be dependent on. The goal is to not have to be dependent on these things. The goal is to be dependent on our own system. So again, I think supplementation, right, for very specific amounts of times or for a specific goal um, is great. But when you're using it long term, we really need to check ourselves. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I'm an athlete and I want optimal gut health. I feel like this is a main takeaway and overarching theme is the way to do that is all these foods that we've mentioned, not necessarily running to find the best pre and probiotic supplement. No, no. And I think in the beginning for people as they're transitioning, it can be a useful tool to help people transition. But the goal should be like, as I'm transitioning, I get more and more comfortable with this new way of eating or this new way of looking at food. And so over time, the need and the desire for the supplement gets less and less because the confidence built around like what the food is and how does it help my body and how's my body responding gets greater. It's amazing. I, I really, really love this topic and I'm really glad you keep coming out here and talking to me on these podcasts. It is an honor to get to work with you. I love it. Um, and so I guess... One last thing, is there anything else you want to touch on as far as gut health and athletic performance? I think we would be remiss if we didn't, you know, end with, right, being and making time for stillness, right, and allowing our body to fully come into rest is probably one of the most important things we can do. And so I'm not sitting here telling you, right, you need to go sit on the mountaintop and meditate for two hours, right? But what I am saying is that 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes, if you don't have 10 minutes, all right, five minutes, right? Five minutes a day will benefit your body so much just in truly just being quiet still and giving your body that chance to truly drop in and let your nervous system just rest, so that it knows, oh, I've rested. Now I can start restoring. Absolutely. And regenerating. 
But if it never gets that, then it misses that cue of, okay, I get to recover now. So again, we're in control of that, how much we actually allow our bodies to regenerate, recover, and restore. I love that you bring in that mindset piece. We have a tendency to believe we need to burn it down and just do all of the things. And actually, it's very counterproductive. You've got to take a step back and make sure you're remembering to breathe, check in, and listen to all the things your body is trying to tell you. And they make us so much better, Mm -hmm. right? I know like in my home, right, we like to shoot. We like to shoot guns. (laughs) And so being able to slow down and get with that breath and get that shot is so important. I work with some really high-level people that do this for a living, and they all do this breath work. They all make time for this nervous system, right, deactivation or activation, however you want to look at it, and it improves their performance. There's no way around it. When we recently went on a Softleet HQ hunting trip, and that was my first hunt experience, and that was one of the things they were working with me on. I don't have that much experience around firearms, just very little until I started working here, and now there's just more opportunity to learn from some of the best, in my opinion. So Doug's up there trying to teach me to breathe through it, and it's crazy how much goes into it, but if you can harness that breath and, and make it work for you, it's pretty crazy. And that translates, obviously, to more than just firearms. If, yeah. If that's not Those your are thing. fun, though. <laughs> that's fun to a lot of us. But Well, thank you so much for joining us again and gracing me with your presence. It's always amazing. And I just want to acknowledge you for being this, like, shining light. Mm-hmm. And I'm very thankful for you. Thank you so much, Brooke. I'm always thankful to come and to be with you and to be here at Softleet and If, you know, our listeners have any questions, we hope that you reach out and ask them so that we can answer them and we'll put the gastric acid test up for you guys. Yes. And um, I'm also going to link contact info. So if people have questions, if that's okay, they can reach out to you. Reach out to me. You can always find me at brookwest underscore RDN on social media or at brook at softly.com. So don't hesitate to reach out. I love it. And everyone keeps giving me awesome podcast ideas. And that's what I want. Everyone keep telling us what you want to hear. In my mind, I think the next the next step we should tackle that we already touched on is kind of the gut-brain connection. Oh, yeah. That's going to be fun. And how all that works. That could be like a series, a deep dive into that. It could. But hopefully there were some good nuggets of information of how you can use your gut health to increase your performance and recovery. Awesome. Good Thank to be you. with you, Brooke. Thanks. Bye. Bye.